Hey, welcome back to Traumedy Podcast, Traumedy in the Raw. Kenneth Allen bringing you another trying episode. Back to where they get the name of this damn podcast, man. Try and make some light out of the chaos and the uh, trauma that we go through. This has been one of those months for the history books in Traumedy time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get the business out of the way. You can find us at TraumedyPodcast.com, www.TraumedyPodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, blah, 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 blah. I realized at this point this is going to be just a place where I can rant and leave messages for my family and my kids in the future in case something goes wrong. Um, ha, 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 that's funny, huh? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of where I'm at now. It's, it's been a hell of a month. What we're looking at now, in case you didn't hear last week's episode, we got some silver lining on the bluntness. There's uh, two growths on the covering of my brain. I have um, in in between on the fox, between the right and left hemispheres, on the outside dura, the covering of the brain, two growths, two growths growing there. After all of the olfactory nerve cancer of 2016, uh, we're looking at another cranial surgery, this time going in the full bore, cutting ear to ear, scalping me, and, uh, you know, doing it trip panning style, dude. So, uh, pretty uh, pretty hairy, pretty hairy uh, stuff to be thinking about now. I thought I was done with cancer, but the good news, the silver lining of it is no cancer anywhere else in the body. So, I got an anchor point. And now it's time to put out the flames of this thing, this chaos that's uh, coming after me and the family, my family. So, um, in case you didn't know, I got uh, one kid and another one on the way. So, at 42, I'm a newer father and I'm facing more, my mortality as we speak. It's a one hell of a God damn trauma to be hit with out of nowhere. But uh, ain't that what life does sometimes? It really does throw you for a loop to de loop. And that's that's where I'm at right now. But, you know, people out there, let's let's talk about these risks that people um, attribute to firefighters and what we have to deal with every single day and what we need to do to protect ourselves. And it's getting to the point now where it's kind of like, hey, what are we doing? Let's start doing the responsible thing. I'm standing outside looking at smoked-in Valley of Nevada. I can barely see the hills on the horizon because of the wildland fires. Fires And the fighters that are out there now dealing with this blaze, my heart goes out to you. Please come home. I hope you're cleaning yourselves off as best you can. And you better be filling out exposure reports because you're going to need them. You're going to need them in the future. What are the risks that we deal with in firefighting? Well... The life and limb is the one that we all focus on, that we're going into a burning building, we may not come out. But we risk our lives to save other lives. And for the last 300 years or so, <laughs> let's say in America, 200 years, we've refined firefighting down from a bucket brigade into a fairly well-crafted machine that goes uh, mechanized into this with fire crews, squads, trucks, and we're able to take care of that fire pretty damn safely. And what's more, we have bred a new philosophy in this department, which is, in most departments, risk a lot to save a lot. In other words, don't run into that burning building 
and risk your life unnecessarily unless you're saving a life. If there's somebody in there that you can save. And secondly, if there's not that, then you can save that house. And if you can't do either one of those, don't go inside. All right? Don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. You get yelled at. You know, a chief would go, I, I admire your courage, but that's bordering on stupidity. Right? And that's what this department, modern day departments are trying to teach. Don't lose the courage. Don't lose the bravery that you can go in. And when you can, you can. You go in there and you fight the hell out of it. You go crazy, right? Strong attacks. But if you can't win, find another way to deal with that fire. All right? And that's the thing. We always risk this. This is this thought when you're a young man and you're facing this. And I was thinking I could, burn, I could run into a burning building, break the door down, pull somebody out, and then provide ALS care to them. Wow. That is a modern-day superhero in my book. And where do I sign up? That was really my, th- my thinking about that. And I hope to God we don't lose those people that think like that because they are necessary. Those people need to be trained when to do those things the right time and what to do after you've done that. In other words, once you've saved everybody else you can save in that fire, what are you doing to save yourself? Because the big risks in this job, it's not dying in a fire. That's a possibility. That can happen. But we have done extensive rules and procedures to prevent that. What we haven't done is starting, start some kind of procedures to protect ourselves. And we certainly have not done a great job in getting that philosophy out to people. I continually hear firefighters, uh, yeah, they'll go in, they'll fight fire, but then they're too lazy to wear an SCBA when they go in and they have to pull ceilings and do salvage and overhaul because it's too heavy to carry an SCBA while you do that. And you're exhausted from the fire and you've kicked your own butt fighting it but now you have to go into that building where it's just smut smut and soot and ash and crap and you're pulling ceiling and getting everything all over your body you know all the old uh, insulation and the soot and everything's on you and you're breathing all of the toxins of all that stuff now when you're getting out of there what are you doing to protect yourself because what's the number Two things that are killing firefighters. It's not dying in a blaze. That happens. But that happens because of a major F-up on somebody's part. On multiple places. Usually when the ball is dropped, it's dropped in three or four places. We talk about the the normalization of deviance, meaning, well, I knew it wasn't safe, but I went in anyway. And you were okay that time. Then you went in and you get it another time. And you did it another time. And you start doing unsafe practices that eventually, because of other factors... They all culminate into causing a death on the line, and that's inexcusable. And in departments these days, we drill on those procedures and those things that are keeping us safe. And what we do when we do firefighter survival is we recreate scenarios where firefighters die, and we teach them how to live in those situations. We need to start doing that for firefighter safety in the long term, not in the fire but after the fire, when you get out. And I think San Francisco's Cancer Foundation is excellent, and they're leading the whole parade on how to do this correctly. They're they're at the cutting edge of it. And San Jose's Cancer Initiative, what I'm helping with, I'm heading up. We're trying to push this, and we got some great ideas about it, but it just takes people adopting these trends and going after it. So why isn't it happening? 
Why aren't we doing that? All that I'm asking you to do in these situations these days, get out of the fire, get hosed down, get your gear off, throw your clothes in a bag, you're out of service. Get back to the station, put those clothes to be cleaned, you're not putting them back on again. Clean up the area, clean up the rig, get it ready, and then go take a shower. Shower extensively. Scrub your armpits, scrub your crotch, scrub your butt, scrub all the neck, the head, shampoo your hair twice. Get the smell out of you so that when you have that water piping hot, you don't smell smoke in there anymore. You burn it off. Are you doing that? When you've done all of that, you've cleaned yourself up and you've put on your new clothes and you've now put all of the gear into your new turnouts, fill out an exposure report. Our exposure reports right now take maybe three minutes to fill out. I'm not kidding. It's on your iPhone. It's on whatever phone you got. It's on the desktop there. You go in there and you say, boom, here's this. Here's the exposure. Here's the event number. Here's the smoke I was contaminated with. This is the color of it. How extensive was the smoke? What it smelled like? What color was it? And you're done. And that gets filed away because I'm telling you, you're going to need it in the future when you have to fight this case with the city and the insurance companies. They're going to say, well, I didn't see any exposure reports that say you were there. I don't know that you were exposed to it. It takes three minutes to fill out. Guys, girls, what are we doing? When are we going to start taking care of our own lives so that we can can take care of our families' lives? You know, they say, well, we're in this mindset in the department where we're going to wear our dirty clothes. You come in after the fire the next day and you can still smell smoke in the air. Oh, yeah, well, we had a fire. We didn't really clean up the SUV. It was too late. It was 10 o'clock at night, so we didn't do any of Okay. Well, you're wearing the same clothes. Well, I didn't want to have to change my clothes out. It was 12 o'clock by the time we were ready to go back in service, and I didn't want to have to switch out my turnouts. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Why are you walking around with a hat that still smells like smoke? What is the deal? You're still wearing your lid and it's covered in soot and ash? What are you doing? Hey, hey, man, it's not a sign of heroism. It's not a sign that you were in the shit. It's a sign that you're lazy and you're sloppy. Get that through your head. We know that now. We know this. And it wasn't even this generation that this was brought to light. Hell, it wasn't even the generation before us, the ones that got hired in the 90s that are now retiring. Those people knew it then. And yet we still have this kind of philosophy where you're in it, you should be able to wear your soot as a badge. Who is propagating this ridiculousness to the departments who still is saying well no i'm gonna wear my helmet that's got all the char marks and you can barely see the reflectors on it because it's full of soot hey dummy stop it it's not a sign of bravery it's a sign of ignorance all right so when i see that i don't think you're smart i don't think you're tough i don't think you're brave i think you're sloppy i think you're too lazy to take care of that and you know why it gets me pissed off it's because all the new probies coming on the line see that and they think it's still something to aspire to. And it's straight up BS, man. It is. You know it is. You know that is BS. 
Listen, Crow's telling you that. He's laughing at you. Listen, the department already got us smaller dinner plates because we were filling them up too full of food. What are you doing? We don't need to devour everything. You know what it looks like to have a healthy plate of food. We're not even the generation now that gets soft drinks for every meal. We're drinking seltzer water or just plain water. We're eating healthy, but not everybody's adopting it yet. And I can't understand what you're doing if you're not doing that. I don't know what this, this lingering thing is that you're somehow a tough firefighter. If you wear dirty clothes, you eat senselessly, you don't take care of yourself, and you push that kind of thinking to the new generation. It is absolutely inexcusable. And enough's enough, because I'm telling you right now, to keep yourself safe, it's all the little decisions that you make. It's the idea that, oh, I'm not going to take a shower right after that fire. I'll sleep in that tonight. I don't care. Oh, I'll have another plate of mashed potatoes and gravy, and I don't. it doesn't matter. Everybody else is eating it. It's going to go to waste. I'm going to, oh, I want a Coke. I want to, you know, oh, I'm going to chew after this. Oh, I'm going to have a smoke. Nobody's, listen, nobody's going to stop you making those little, little changes. And that's the thing that turns the tide of the river of your destiny all the little turns if you're not directing those little turns towards a healthy you then you're directing them towards a reckless senseless you that's in danger of dying in the future because the two things that kill us nowadays are heart disease cardiovascular issues and cancer bottom line two-thirds of us are going to get cancer two-thirds of firefighters now are getting cancer what the hell is happening here? What is going on? The city doesn't care. Why do you think they let us negotiate and get us such higher pensions? Because we only live three to five years after the damn pension is over and you're dead. So they don't care. Sure, yeah, let's go ahead and just give them whatever they ask for for retirement. They're never going to use it. They don't eat healthy. They don't take care of themselves. Okay, well, yeah, you can have whatever you want to have and you'll be able to live on that retirement and that cola and sure we'll give it to you because you're never going to use it to the advantage to what you are actually negotiating for this is insane it's insane to me because now i'm 42 i got a kid and another one on the way and i'm filling out paperwork on power of attorney on what's going to happen to me now when i go in for another cranial surgery and basically it's going to mean the end of my firefighting career that's it I was pretty healthy my whole career. I eat right. I work out nearly every damn day of my life. So what the hell happened? Well, I went on fires, wildland fires, where you're not wearing an SCBA, where greenhouses are on fire. Went on fires in garages where paint and oils and chemicals were burning in the garage. And then you went in there and did some salvage and overhaul without wearing an SCBA. You know, and that's all I can figure is these little decisions I made. Ah, I can't really sleep tonight. I'm not going to sleep. I'm not going to take care of that. I'm not going to work out today. I'm too tired. I'm going to go out with the guys in the morning. We'll have a couple of beers, chill out. I'm going to, you know, just screw off. Just don't worry about it. I'm young and I'm okay. I'm a soldier, right? I'm a new soldier. And this is the battle I got to fight in the fire. I got to be ready for that fire in case it comes at three in the morning. And I can't have my turnouts, uh, 
you know, unswitched over into a new clean pair. And what if I run out of that, that pair? I use that. Then I don't even have any turnouts. No, man. We'll find another pair for you to wear until the new ones come back clean and deconned. These are things that need to get taken care of by the cancer associations of your departments. And if that's an issue, if you can't get a new pair of turnouts, and you need an issue, another pair issued to you. That's it, bottom line. But going around saying that there's no other option, but you have to be unclean for the next call, you got to walk around with a head full of ash. You're not cleaning yourself off. Hey, it's unexcusable. And nobody believes that anymore. Like I said, that we knew that practice was unsafe. All the captains that are retiring now know that those practices are unsafe. So what are you doing teaching your kids, teaching the new guys and girls coming on the line that it's okay not to clean up? You're going, we got to get back in service. You don't have time to shower. No, no, Cap. Take care of them. Take care of your crew. At that fire, tell them to wash off. Tell them to get back, get their stuff together. I mean, you're not sitting in the shower for 30 minutes. You're sitting in there for 10 minutes cleaning up. Give the crew time to do that. And I got news for the captains there and the the engineers and the, the paramedics. Well, if your captain's not doing it, then guess where the responsibility lies? It falls to you to take care of your crew. Bottom line, it comes down to every single individual. And the next day in the morning when you do the morning briefing or whatever you do, pull up your exposure reports and fill them out then. And if the captain doesn't remember to do it, then the engineer better do it. And if an engineer or medic sees a captain wearing a sooty helmet around, tell the captain to clean it up. Don't make these probies see this old, ridiculous, obsolete way of taking care of yourself and fall into that normalcy of deviance. Don't do this to us anymore. God, all I hope is that when this Cancer Foundation is up and and running efficiently with San Jose, that that number two-thirds of the firefighters getting cancer drops dare I say to a half the half of us getting it maybe even a third of us getting it can't we drop the number from 66 to 70 percent of firefighters down to 20 and 20 is alarming but at least it's manageable you're not going to be wanting to think about how your family is going to exist after you're dead it's a terrible terrible conundrum And it's the last thing that I want to have to think about now before I go in for cranial surgery. And all it takes is eat right, exercise more, and clean your asses. That's it. Just take care of your goddamn self and your crew. Guys, girls, people, please listen to me. You don't want to be in this situation. And you keep thinking it's not going to be you. I got news for you. It's going to be you. So get yourself healthy and keep your crew healthy. And just maybe it'll be the difference between life and death. All right. 
that's the point for right now. Now, I'm come back and listen to this podcast because I'm going to be talking to my kids and everybody else in case I don't make it. This is basically what this damn podcast is going to become. It's just me being able to rant so that my kids can listen to me and tell them that I love them, that I'll always love them, that I, every single day has been the most beautiful day when I'm with my kids. And it's so hard to push that undying love on people when you know the end is, you know, there's a potential for the end in your head. And it screws up everything that your day is supposed to be about, which is love and and joy. But sometimes maybe this is what it needs. You need to remember before before you go to bed with a head full of soot. Clean yourself up. Keep yourself clean for your family and pass on the new thinking to the crews so that we beat this damn cancer back, back to an original, acceptable or manageable number. Because right now it's untamed. This is the fire that's killing us. I'm Ken Allen. If you have any questions, please send to traumedypodcast at gmail.com, T-R-A-U-M-E-D-Y, podcast at gmail i'm happy to answer any questions that you may have if you don't have a cancer foundation set up email me i'll send you the information that i have and i'll put you in touch with more people but start a cancer foundation at your fire department if you don't have it and if you do have it start listening to what they push forward because it's not for their benefit it's for yours please All right. I love you. I'm sorry that I'm acting so stern, but it's just it's gotten to the point now that we know better and we better start acting like we know better because it's becoming inexcusable. All right. I love you. If you got it, use it.